AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Stuart Mason. Stuart is the manager of data science at Anvil. Stuart, welcome to the show. JP, so much for having me. Our pleasure. Um, so let's start, Stuart. Can you give us a little bit of background of yourself, um, how you first got involved in technology, some of the roles you've held along the way, leading us up to your current role uh, at Anvil? I was... Um a mechanical engineering student uh, graduated in 2014, and uh, that was my introduction, I suppose, to like technical thinking and, and systems and problem solving. Uh, adored it, the classwork, but uh, found that the industry itself was not as exciting as learning about the industry. Um, I think uh, a lot of the wild west of that industry is behind us, uh, so I was looking for uh, an industry where things were a little less defined. And this was 2013, 14-ish, which was not the start of the big data wave, but uh, the first time I was starting to hear about it. So last minute, senior spring, I took a bunch of stats and computer science classes, built up what I thought were the right skills and found a job as a data analyst when I graduated. Um, and that was a wonderful role at a great company. They're now called Hopjump. They were Cognius at the time. And they taught me everything I know about data and how to make business decisions in a data-driven way and how to structure analyses um, and how to lead a team. So great organization, great people, uh, and they really set me up um, to take the next step in my career, uh, which came uh, in 2017, springtime. A friend of a friend introduced me to Rodney Manzo, uh, who was building a team to start his supply chain company. Um, I don't think the name was Anvil yet at the time. So we spoke for several months. It was a bit of a challenge, him being a supply chain expert without much of a tech background, me being a data scientist without much of a supply chain background. We had a hard time establishing a common language, but we got there and ultimately I got the job offer in August and joined the team as the fourth hire um, in the fall of 2017. I've been there ever since. Excellent, thank you for that. So. Um... It's important to know, I think you left out, you probably should, should mention to yourself, so you're a Harvard grad in engineering sciences, so it's, it's no mean fee, it's quite impressive. Um, so, okay, so you, you've given us the, 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 the journey. Um, Anvil, who are Anvil, what are you guys doing? I obviously know, you've told me many times, it's incredibly interesting, but, but for, for anyone listening who's not familiar with the organization, what are you guys doing? I guess the, the mission statement is modernizing and digitizing supply chains. The, the hypothesis is uh, the, the way supply chains run were uh, solved or, or designed in like the early 1900s with the world wars and sort of industrialization um, and the methods and uh, approach to the problems that are presented are stuck in that era. And we have more powerful tools now to organize information and, and learn from information and present information that is not being leveraged in that space. Uh, and we're not the only ones to have this idea. There are uh, a handful of companies that all see this problem and we're all sort of working, maybe not together, but in parallel to solve it. 
absolutely, Stuart. Look, I, I think incredibly interesting industry, uh, even before modern global disruption of supply chain. You and I have been speaking over the past few months, and it's incredibly exciting what you guys are aiming to do. But it's it's now front and center on the global economy as to how important it is to have modern uh, supply chain uh, methods and services. So it would be good to, to give some examples of what you guys are doing day to day, some of the organizations that you're helping uh, and some examples of, of the type of impact you guys can have for organizations. Yeah, um, that's great. So I think uh, to understand what we're doing, maybe a little more about the problem. Uh, in a nutshell, it's just that uh, information is, is segmented um, right now. A little bit of vocabulary. Um, so when we talk about supply chain, there are generally, uh, we can simplify it anyway with two parties, um, what we call brands and what we call suppliers. So brands sell goods to consumers uh, and suppliers sell goods to brands. So if you, if you sell, a, if, you, if you're Apple, um, you have a supplier who, who takes your designs and actually builds your electronics and then that's, that's the relationship. So this communication between brands and suppliers happens on the telephone, it happens in email, uh, they, they send spreadsheets back and forth. And so there's, there's valuable information locked up in, in, in those communications that relates to each other, but uh, it's not useful in an email. It's not useful in a spreadsheet. So really just having that conversation and that collaboration happen online is our sort of our first step. Uh, put all the information in a place where it can be accessed by a computer system or by a human who can see it all at once um, and, and solve problems with all the data in one spot, I, I think is, if I had to boil down our philosophy, it would be to that. And, and once again, this is not groundbreaking. Uh, this has been done in other industries already to great effect. And we're not the only one who have identified this as the problem in supply chain. It's just a lot harder to do it than it is to say it. You did a pretty good job, pretty good job of explaining it. So thank you very much. Um, so to help people visualize what this actually means and, and you know, how it's impacting businesses, could you give us uh, an example of uh, a client who, before you guys came along, were working a certain way and how through the use of your platform and, and leveraging the data, you were able to have a, a significant impact. I know you and I speaking privately, you've given me some incredible examples. So I think it would be good to showcase what, it, what the capabilities are and how you can really transform, you know, what are centuries old industries um, and even ones who th may think they're modern and are using modern technology in so many other facets of their business but on supply chain are, are still lagging behind. The most common thing we hear uh, is, is, is just the, the ease of having everything in one place. Purchase order generation um, is like a very easy task and we send it automatically to the relevant supplier if it's an assembly that has many parts that come together to make one thing that maybe is built by different suppliers in different places. Uh, we're able to handle routing those requests where they need to be and the quantities they need to be, and then also uh, surfacing back to the maker, the brand, the, um, the status of those orders and, and regular check-ins from the supplier. Yes, this thing began production when it was supposed to. Yes, this thing is now on track to ship out when it's supposed to. Yes, this thing did ship out on this date. Or, no, it did not. Here's why. Here's, what the, here's the new estimate. Um, so just information um, uh, up to date for the brands. You know, many of our brands have, have, have had positive things to say about this. I wish I could pull up some testimonials and, and really go into the specifics of, you know, we helped brand X this way. But I can say, you know, uh, we, we work with uh, Hims, Swell, uh, Native, um, a lot of uh, really um, recognizable direct-to-consumer brands. Excellent, excellent. I think it's important to know before 
uh, or companies like yourself came along, this was still very much um, analog, and it was it was almost impossible to to track a supply chain uh, performance from various vendors. Um, and you guys are really adding visibility to an industry that was was hard to quantify. And I think anytime an organization could get visibility, it can judge performance. There's an absolute need. Your you know best ideas are solving obvious problems. Um, I want to to focus on your role and how data science drives the business forward because I think, you know, being employee four in a startup uh, poses uh, unique challenges, but also interesting opportunity to help shape the the strategy. Um, so it'd be good to understand what what your role consists of and and how it's evolved uh, over time from joining as as employee four to where you are now. Yes, absolutely. And I perhaps didn't know this as well back then as I do now, but uh, I think a, a common piece of wisdom is when you're a young company, you don't need a data scientist, you need a data specialist, a data person, um, someone who can do all kinds of data adjacent things for um, the business. And uh, three years on, we're just maturing to the point where that is that is stopping being the case. And really now we are looking at uh, different data functions that the organization needs. But uh, in sort of, sort of, since we're in that hybrid phase right now, I'd say my team focuses on uh, two things mainly. Um, the first is uh, how to make Anvil a more data-driven organization. So how can we help the sales team? How can we help the customer success team sift through their data, improve their processes, uh, get good visibility into the states of their projects? Um, similarly, we work very closely with the product team uh, to help uh, make our product design process as data-driven as possible. So we build a feature with an expectation, we measure its impact, but also thinking aspirationally about what a smart AI-driven anvil might look like in a year or two. So building our product such that we're collecting uh, valuable, clean data that will be useful later to, to, to help our, our users with smarter applications of that data. Um, so those, that's probably the, 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 two, the two broad uh, roles there is, is making Anvil itself data-driven and then thinking about how to design Anvil so that it's a, a data product for our customers. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so I know many, many data scientists have aspirations of getting in an organization from a, you know, an ambitious startup from, from day one or the equivalent of day one as the very first data scientist and, and want to be part of, of shaping that uh, environment. But you and I have spoken a few times now about uh, the expectation versus the reality. I think it would be good to understand what the early days were like, some of the main challenges that you've had to overcome and the differences from working in a, a true startup to maybe a more established organization. Could you talk to us a little bit about that journey and what you learned along the way? Yes. It took me too long to roll up my sleeves and do things in a not scalable manual uh, way. So the, the example that comes to mind is, you know, the, the organization was six people big. We don't have a a proper CRM. We're, we're tracking all of our customers uh, in a Google Doc. And it's got, you know, the contract, the billing cadence, it's all there in a Google Doc. It's very messy. It's not very convenient for a software process to extract information from that. So we sort of, the problem with the supply chain writ very small at our, at our own company. 
for a very long time, fretted over not being able to properly report on how many users were active on a given day because this document was structured improperly. And it, if I could do it again, I would have just manually kept my own document in sync with that document that was the structure I wanted week to week. And it would have been not AI, not smart, and it would have been like, uh, you know, a time sync for an hour, maybe once a day, well, sorry, one day a week. Um, but it would have gotten the job done. We would have had the information we needed when the CEO wanted to see it or whatever. Uh, so I would say just being willing to do things that are not smart, that are not high tech, um, but are important was probably the lesson that I would, I would give to myself uh, were I to have a conversation with me the day I started at Anvil. As it has evolved, uh, the most important thing I've learned is that you have to stay on top of technologies. Um, data science, as, as I've experienced it, has been much less about dreaming up what model to use here or how to write this query there and more about, okay, what, what, what does our data stack need to be to enable the things we want to do? Um, so less about solving specific problems and more about finding technologies, I'd say, is, is another lesson I learned. Okay, I think those are two very important uh, points that you make, uh, particularly for uh, aspiring data scientists or people moving from academia. Is, is It's not about using the, the most impressive algorithm or the, the most modern uh, tool. It's about what does the business need at that given time and adding value. And, you know, can you utilize it for its intended purpose, which is understanding what the, the business needs as opposed to you know doing things the way you want but it there being a disconnect and I think that's good to, to, to learn about um had you and I done this podcast six months ago there would be certain things that we would discuss but the the, the change in landscape in in what's gone on recently is is put you know supply chain and logistics very much in the forefront it would be good to, to understand the conversations that Anvil are having and some of the great work that you guys are doing to 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 help organizations navigate these turbulent times and then talk about how you see the opportunity once the economic dust settles yeah that's a very good question and it's absolutely true uh, that our the character of our conversation has been changed necessarily uh by world events. Um, it certainly has highlighted that this problem exists, that there's not good visibility into complex uh, global supply chains. Um, data doesn't all live in one place where you can, you can learn from it readily. Um, but, but also it has, it has highlighted the fragility of these things um, in as much as you take out one popular source of supply and it seems like the whole thing ground to a halt for a month or two. So uh, certainly it's reinforced that the problem is there. Uh, in the short term, we've, we've fortunately had the opportunity to help. Um, we've got a, a great team of sourcing experts at Anvil that are, that are helping a number of organizations get their hands on masks, hand sanitizer, uh, ventilators to, to deal with uh, COVID-19. Um, so we're going to continue to do that in the short term and, and help plug the holes where we can and, and keep things moving. Um, in the longer term, uh, where we're trying to decide um, what this might mean about the future of supply chain, we, we mentioned before we started the interview, uh, there's some, some conversations. Does, does this mean supply chains should be more regional uh, so that you know, global problems don't affect you in your neighborhood? Um, I personally feel that might be a, a misguided reactive approach. I, I would say the lesson is increased agility is important. So. Um, and my, my coworker, Will Davis, Anvil's head of global supply chain, gave a great presentation on this um, 
but uh, basically how to how to how to set up contingency plans for for when things like this do happen. And uh, I'd say that a key lesson is just being able to change your supply chain when you need to. So uh, there's a problem in China, for example. Um, can you can you source a similar or identical product from South America uh, in the meantime? Yeah, I think we, you and I spoke about it in detail, particularly in, when it comes to uh, essential items, whether it's generic life-saving drugs, which are produced almost 100% in mainland China. Um, I think it, it was scary to see how exposed we, we can be with, with a, a shutdown, even if only for a few weeks. Um, but it's good to also get your perspective from somebody in the know is that we don't need to do a, a complete change. We just need to be more efficient. Um Focusing on what's next, particularly within data science for you and as the organization grows, how do you see your role evolve leading the data science function? And then also the scale of, of the opportunity for you guys as a business, but also your data team specifically. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Rodney Manzo, the founder and CEO of Anvil, would uh, emphatically say that Anvil is a data company and there's a ton of potential for for all the things we could do and, and how large the data science team at Anvil could grow. Um, our sort of medium term conversation around this centers around how do we make the, um, the product smarter? And uh, the analogy that often gets used is, is meteorology. So you can, you can, I can tell you the temperature right now, which is useful. You want to know information about the weather right now. But of course, what you'd really like to know is if it's going to rain tomorrow. Um, so, uh, you know, how do we, how do we um, make predictions? How do we, how do we aid making decisions uh, for our users um, uh, is, is, is what we're thinking about as, as goals for the end of this year. Okay, let's, let's start making the products not just be a, a, a store of information where you, where you can know the state of your orders, but maybe, maybe it can give you a clue about the state of your orders tomorrow. Um, so that's, I'd say, is our, 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 our next big challenge. Excellent. Um, speaking as a data scientist, we, you know, you had an incredibly strong background before going into Anvil. Lots of options available to you at all times. What do you love most about your role um, at Anvil, um, you know, leading the data science practice um, and seeing the company grow um, from, you know, four-person startup to where it is now? What are you enjoying most about your role? It's a pleasure to, uh, to, to learn from people uh, with different skill sets. Uh, certainly never would have been exposed to supply chain had I not come to Anvil. Um, but, but there's also you know, a bunch of talented people uh, doing other functions that it's, uh, it's just uh, invigorating, it's motivating to be around them and to be in conversations with them and learning from them. And, and you know, I, I think technical people, engineers, data scientists, we all approach problems in a systematic and similar way that I think we believe to be a very good way or the right way, but it's not the only way. And it's, it's very nice to, to, to be exposed to other ways of thinking and problem solving. Um, it's a little bit more specific maybe to like what motivates me about data at Anvil. It's the impact. Uh, everything, if you look around you, every, everything, if you see, if you're indoors, is manufactured. Um, it, it was it was created in a factory somewhere, uh, and I am motivated by the thought of being a part of that process. And and you know my my impact then is sort of can can however small that impact is, it can be seen in many places, perhaps. 
Excellent. Um, I want to finish on on what you were looking for as you grow and build a successful data team. Um, you know, like any startup, the first few hires are critical, particularly when you're building out a new division. So you, you want to make sure you get the balance right between technical fit and, and attitude and culture. So as, as, a, as a leader of a data science practice, what do you look for as you um, consider candidates and as you look to build your team? Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. And I think one that I, uh, I have strong opinions in, in this uh, question, but not ones that I don't think are terribly radical or visionary. I, I think this will be things that you know, many of the listeners uh, have heard before, but, but it's, it's, it's about um, execution and, and solving problems and knowing what a business needs. So when I'm interviewing a candidate, for example, I like to see Kaggle. I like to see that they've dabbled in, in uh, you know, hard computational challenges. But what I really like to see is that they understand the relationship between data and the real world and, and how and when to use data to solve a problem or make a process simpler. Um, uh, and of course, I also uh, you know, index on um, coachability. Right? So uh, if, if we're talking through a problem, are you open-minded? Do you want to hear my perspective on it? Or, or, or do, you, do you try to drive through it all on your own? Um, uh, and uh, I also, I, I tend to like to hire people like, I'm a bit young. I know that I have a lot to learn. So I also try to hire people who, who maybe uh, are very strong in, in aspects of data where I'm a bit weaker. I think that, that last point is, is, is great to hear, particularly um, it shows, shows humility, but also collaboration and that you're not afraid to acknowledge that you know, no one data science is going to be a, you know, expert level across all areas, and and it's actually healthy to have a, a nice mix and balance. And sometimes that means um, hiring individuals who might be more seasoned or more experienced. But as long as you're you're collaborative, uh, it, it can work out incredibly well. And I think I see that in a lot of the more advanced data science organizations that there's that great uh, approach to hiring a, a diverse team, diversity in skill set and background, and and it's it's really healthy to hear. Um, Finishing on then, what's the the exciting projects, or, or what what will we be most excited about when you and I catch up again um, in two years' time, and we look at the the next phase of Bamville as a business? Um, obviously, the here and now is 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 getting through this interesting time, but where where are we going to see the business growing to in in the next twenty four months? Wonderful question. So, in as much as our sort of thesis is that information needs to uh, connect and, and live in one place and, and the data about shipments should inform the data about inventory should the form inform the data about pricing. We're now building our product into more of a, like the, the hub of a wheel with many spokes coming off. We want, we want to integrate with, uh, you know, accounting software. We want to integrate with warehouse management software. We want to integrate with sales software, um, and, uh, basically make, make Anvil a part of a company's tech stack. And, uh, it, it can it can push information to systems that need information. It can draw information from systems that have information, uh, and and these sort of the digital command center for your supply chain. I like that digital command center for your supply chain. I think that's a great way to finish uh, an excellent mm-hmm. interview, Stuart. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, um, and good luck with, with all your efforts. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. JP, thank you so much. 
AI in Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to Aldus members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.